hey, hey, welcome to another episode of A Drummer's Guide 2. So today I'm talking about how I got a big gig. And I know that you can't see me right now, but I'm doing air quotations because, uh, yeah, the more that I've gone on in my career, the more that I've realised that, you know, a big gig is, it, it's it's not all it means <laughs> or as you think it might mean. Um, I tell you about my journey in uh, becoming a professional. I also talk about how I compared myself uh, to someone, uh, my best friend, actually, <laughs> who who was working with a world-class, uh, world-class artists from a very young age. And I thought because I wasn't doing the same thing in the same way, I was a bit of a failure, basically. So, there's a few sort of subjects that I cover during this episode, but it is essentially about my journey that has led me to be able to play with some absolutely wonderful artists. I consider myself incredibly lucky to do what I do. So I hope that it helps you in your journey too with whatever you're doing at the moment. I am also so excited to tell you about something that I haven't spoken to anyone about yet. And this is uh, the exclusive place that I've decided to do it. I'm actually creating um, an online course at the moment, which I'm affectionately calling the Successful Musician Mindset Toolbox. It's a bit of a mouthful, I know. I'm sure that it will change. But basically, it's going to be a course of actionable steps that you can take to improve the way that you look at things, to help with things like self-sabotage, with with gig anxiety, with imposter syndrome, and basically just trying to make yourself the best version of yourself for when you're playing music, for when you're going to auditions, when you're playing gigs, and just generally in life, really. It's basically a resource of things that I find really useful when I'm finding things tough. And, you know, I am not perfect. I have moments of insecurity for sure. So these are all the things that I use to help me along my way. And I'm hoping that it's going to help others as well. So if you're in interested at all in that kind of online course then you can sign up to get updates and basically know exactly when it's out the second that it's out I'm so excited about it if you just go to www.drummersguide2.com forward slash toolbox and there will be a link in the show notes so you can just go there give me your email address and I'll give you all the updates as they're coming in anyway I'll let you get on with the episode hope you enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side Hey guys and girls, how you doing? I am doing another video. Surprise, surprise. Uh, you're probably completely sick of me by now. It's fine. Even if I'm talking to no one, I'm still going to keep going. Today I wanted to talk about a subject that, um, well basically it's more about some messages that I've been getting from people, which, um, you know, the general question that I get asked so often is um, basically I want to be playing with big artists, I want to be touring the world, blah, 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 which totally cool. That was exactly my ambition when I was younger. I remember being six, no, younger than that. No, it was younger than that, maybe 14. Um, and being obsessed with this one drum video VHS that I had, which was um, a drummer called Billy Ashbell, who used to play drums with NSYNC. And I wasn't like an NSYNC fan of anything, not by any stretch of the imagination, that wasn't really my vibe, but I was in such admiration for what he was doing. He was doing what I wanted to do. He was touring the world with a well-known pop band and I would just incessantly study this VHS and just be like, that is what I want to be doing. Like 100% that is me. Um, and like I said, I think it was about 14, maybe 15 that I saw this video. So that was my goal. And 
I'm finding that a lot of people are kind of coming to me asking similar questions, you know, I want to be doing things similar to what you're doing. And obviously, you know, I put up on social media when I'm doing gigs and whatever else and tours and it's amazing and I consider myself incredibly lucky. But usually when I get these emails, um, I will reply and I will say, okay, well, um, this is this is how I've done it. And this is how I've done it. I basically was, I, I play with as many people as I can, like all the time. I still do it, even though I'm, my schedule is pretty mental at the moment. It's basically either touring or it's recording at the moment. But if I have a space where I can play with either different people or new people especially, I'm gonna take that opportunity. And I'm not talking about other big artists. I'm talking about just any any musician, any musician at all, because I am a firm believer in the more people that you know, the more opportunities you get. Not only that, the more people that you play with, the more skills get, skill sets that you get. Because even if it might, you know, you A, you might end up meeting an incredible musician, which has happened to me so many times I can't even tell you, and talk about ignorance is bliss and just rocking up to the king going, oh, oh, you're amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, I need to step up. But equally, you might get to a gig and realise that the musicians maybe just hadn't, don't have a lot of experience. Maybe they haven't played that many shows or whatever. But then that's a whole different challenge where it's like, okay, how can I make this sound as good as I possibly can? And how can I support that musician to make them feel as comfortable as I can uh, and as they can be? And I can help sort of like get them to a point in the same position that I would be in if they were better than me, that I'm trying to up my game, hopefully they're trying to up their game and everybody wins and everyone is progressing and it's all this happy family. <laughs> Which I always like, you know, it's all about just making positive situations of everything. But anyway, I'm getting these emails and, and people say, oh, you know, what are you doing? And I say, okay, play with as many people as you can, play in as many situations as you can, get into covers bands, because to me, playing in covers bands was essentially the making of me. It's, you know, that's about studying some of the world's greatest songs at the moment, whether you like them or not, people like them, you have to understand why people like them, what gives them energy, what makes them exciting to people, or emotional, or whatever it is. Um, learning cover songs was like a massive lesson for me, and it, and it taught me how to create energy live and stuff like that. But anyway, I'll come back to someone with this kind of answer, and, you know, this, this isn't just once, but quite a few times now I've had responses which go something along the lines of oh that's nice but I think I just want to be playing with big artists and known artists and named artists and I just had to do this video because it's fine because I, ex I was of exactly the same uh, mindset when I was younger but what I've realised is Two things. First of all, I realised this a long time ago, that's just not how it works. You can't just go, I choose to do this one thing. And secondly, it's not necessary. it shouldn't be, well, for me, it became not about the big gig, uh, it became about the process of every gig that I played. I realised that that was where, where the enjoyment is, and you can't control who you're playing with in terms of getting that big call. You can't just jump straight in and then expect to be this sort of 
high flying, you know, occasionally it does happen. I'm not gonna say that it doesn't, you know, there are exceptions. Sometimes people do just get into big gigs. Equally, you still haven't seen all the work that they've put behind, you know, you seeing them getting a big gig. I, I was playing for 10 years with people that no one had ever heard about before anyone had even heard about me. And I'm not talking about general public people, I'm talking about people within the music industry who needed a drummer. Um, even then, I still had to prove myself. You know, it was a good 10 years before anything even happened. But the weird thing for me was, obviously, as if you've watched any videos before, I'm sure you're well aware, uh, I grew up with Cherise Osei, another professional drummer, love her to bits, she's like a sister to me. She got a, what I perceived, what we perceived actually, to be a very big gig, a professional gig, when she was 17 basically, and that was a band called The Faders. So in my eyes, because of seeing her journey from, she was still in school, I just thought, well, that's how it happens. You just get picked up from like school and that's it. And if that doesn't happen, then you must be a failure, you must be rubbish. And of course that's not true. That's like beyond not true. I can't even explain. But that was my experience at the time, and it wasn't until a few years later of sort of like grafting and just, you know, creating my own foundations of where I wanted to be, um, that I realised that actually that was a really unusual situation, and good on her for it. I mean, she really got thrown in the deep end in that situation, um, and she stepped up, and then she went on to work with Mika, uh, which then led to working with Paloma Faith uh, for Brian Ferry for a little bit, and now she's with Simple Minds. And her progression went from that. For me, it was slightly, I was a bit more of a slow burner, which is fine. At the time, it was quite difficult to deal with. And to be completely honest, like I say, I was in the same mindset. I was like, right, I only want to be playing with big artists. That was like my absolute. And this was when I was 17, because that's how she was when she left. So, well, then I must do that too, because that's clearly the way that it's done. Not true. First of all, everyone has their own journey. So whatever journey you're on, even if it's really rough at the moment, I can guarantee the rougher the journey at the beginning, the stronger you are later on. So it, although it might be tough right now, it's, it's really good. And if you can get through it and you can learn from it, you'll be aces. Um, so yeah, and I, I sort of, at 17, I was thinking the same. I should be getting this one big gig. I should be playing with the NSYNCs of the world, like Billy Ashbell was. Um, and any other way is a failure. And I was having people around me saying, well, you know, I was playing in originals bands and with originals artists, uh, original artists that um, were sort of doing little bits, like maybe the odd showcase here and there and whatever. But in my head, again, because of the way that Cherie started with Mika, she started out when he was like a nobody, like absolute nobody. And then um, that obviously rose to, they were doing huge gigs within a couple of years. Um, and I felt the same way. I've, I found sort of some original artists that I thought, wow, they're really good. And, you know, I was just waiting for that same. But as I learned, not everyone has that journey. Not everyone, you know, ends up in that same place. As much as you will them to, because some of them, oh my gosh, they worked so hard and they deserved it. And they're so lovely. But for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Um, and then I hit like 18 years old, um, the reality of not being in school anymore, of having to earn a living. I spoke to people about it, I spoke to my drum teacher, Mike Dolbear, I spoke to other drummers and uh, the sort of general consensus, I spoke to my parents as well, and the general consensus was, 
why don't you just get into covers bands? And at the time, I was like, I can't do that. You know, I, I had seen many covers bands and I, I was really scared that if I chose to do that, I would only do that. I would only be known as a covers band drummer. And that's actually, I still feel like that. Not in terms of covers bands, just in anything. I don't like necessarily being boxed up too much. Um, although I'm, I'm kind of getting better with it now, but uh, I used to be really scared of being putting into a, put into a box, like totally, because I, I just figured I'd miss out on opportunities. So I finally sort of succumbed to this idea of, okay, let me play covers. Aside from the fact that it means that I'll be earning a little bit of money um, at least I'll be playing regularly, live, which is always good. And then I sort of started doing that, and it turned out I absolutely loved it. I I still love it. I love a good covers gig. They're amazing. It's great. You don't rehearse, you just rock up, you all know the songs, so you just play, you get to meet loads of people, you get to play with lots of people, you get to hang out with old friends, make new friends. You know, you might be playing at weddings, so that means that you're making the day of this couple that is like their most brilliant day of their life so far or whatever I or you're playing in a really dingy club with like 300 people that are going mental so good well, what I realized was you know I, I did that for well I still do that like I say but I did that for a good sort of four years three four years before things started really moving for me and I was getting momentum but actually that was a big part of what made me really and what I realized was that I needed to enjoy the process of playing the drums, of learning songs, of playing gigs, regardless of what the gigs were. You know, who the artist was, if there was an artist, what the band was, what the venue was, how many people were in the audience, because they're all things that you can't really control. But if you can love what you're doing from inside first, then all the other stuff sort of comes in time and you'll get opportunities. And, you know, I mean, some people will think I'm crazy. Some of the stuff that I've turned down, like big gigs, because I've, I'm already committed to doing gigs with other bands that aren't that well known. But I don't care because I care about, A, two things. Okay, two things. First of all, I care about being reliable. So if I've said yes to something, I'm gonna do it, unless it's like super exceptional, exceptional circumstances, I'm doing the gig that I say that I'm gonna do, that's that. Um, and the second thing is, I just, I don't care who I'm playing with, I care about the experience of that, I care about the physicality of playing, the people on stage, like, as long as I'm having fun, if I'm growing, and if I'm just, just playing, you know, just doing what I do and loving it, I'm gonna do that. So I think it's really, sort of unrealistic I mean like I say there are exceptions to this but I think it's very unrealistic to um, a to cut off opportunities because if you're saying I, I should only be playing with uh, big artists you're cutting off so much opportunity you're putting on blinkers that just you don't know where that covers gig with that one person might lead but because you can't see that path you go well that's not for me wrong. I've done covers gigs with band members that play with some of the world's greatest musicians and consequently I've met those people and then I've ended up doing gigs with them so you just don't know how these things work out. So there's that, there's losing the opportunities that you don't see because they're right, they're not so obviously right in front of you because it's not how life works and also you're completely cutting off your 
the foundation of your skills and what you can deal with and you know it's one thing to be playing on a big gig but it's still a gig and inevitably at some point something will probably go wrong and you need enough experience and have need to have played enough gigs maybe in rubbish pubs where you can't hear yourself or you know I don't know or you're playing okay you, you're doing a gig in a pub to three people and then you're on the big stage and you're supporting a band and therefore there's also only three people in the audience you didn't anticipate that but if you've already done that before many times which I've done many times you know how to deal with it you know that okay there's only three people in the audience well first off those three people are going to get the most awesome show that we can possibly give them and even if they're there and not even interested okay well we need to bring energy on the stage let's have fun on stage like let's just do this for us but again it comes down to the process it's the process of playing all those outside factors will they will change a situation but if you know in yourself right i just love this because i love it for what it is playing drums playing music that's it, playing with other people on stage. That's what I love and that's what I want to be doing. And that can be on a stage in front of 20,000 people, that can be on a stage, or not even on a stage, in a corner of a pub to 20 people and three of those are bar staff. <laughs> um, I mean, like I say, I still do this. Like I was, My mum always says this story, so I used to play with an artist called Emilia Matiku. Beautiful woman, beautiful voice great songs and she's kind of like a jazz artist kind of thing like jazz pop I'd say not not um, like traditional jazz or you know any of that but jazz pop amazing we played the Royal Albert Hall supporting Alfie Bow uh, back in 2013 I want to say um, and then the next day I went and played in a pub playing for a grunge festival thing uh, in a tiny pub in Enfield in North London and I swear to you and I'm not just saying this I enjoyed the Royal Albert Hall gig just as much as the dingy pub in Enfield and I'm not I swear to you on my life I'm not just saying that I just love it I just loved like for such different reasons but I just you know the beauty of playing the Royal Albert Hall is stunning and you know it's a wonderful very privileged situation to be in and but playing in that pub just the grit and the rawness and the kind of you can't hide in those situations it's just like this is real this is like emotion this is energy so I just think that you know if you're really serious about wanting to do touring with big artists or big artists or bands or whatever you've got to do all the other stuff as well because it's not about what you're seen to be doing it's about your actual education your actual foundations your actual experience because those gigs if they come along when they come along if you don't have that experience behind you you're not ready and i'm it's annoying but i kind of i never really believed this before but i'm starting to in the last few years i don't think that opportunities truly come along for you until you're ready or at least sort of on the edge of capable that you can just push that little bit further and then you're doing it you know 
I've never, apart from once, which I've spoken about on another video, that whole recording thing, I don't think I've ever once gone into a situation that although it stretched me and it really like pushed me or whatever, I've always had the capability to do it, to get that extra push to just make it happen. I've never been in a situation where it's so far out from my reach that it was just never going to happen. Um, and I don't believe that opportunities present themselves until you're in that headspace. And, 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 you know, I'm big into the whole energy thing, karmic energy, whatever. Um, yeah, and I think whatever you put out there, just if you're cutting yourself off from opportunities, opportunities won't present themselves, basically. That's kind of the top and bottom of it. So, like I say, if you're really serious about it, get out there, play with as many people as you can. Don't get on your high horse. Don't be, I'm too good for that. You're not. No one is. You want experience? Get experience. If you want big gigs, you need to have that experience. People aren't just going to shove you on a big stage if you haven't, you know, gone through a lot of testing situations. And that's not just gig-wise. That might be, like, personally as well. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of share that because, as I said, it's kind of... It's not even that I've had just one message about this thing, this topic. I've had quite a few now. And I don't think it's because people are being uh, um, arrogant. I think it's literally just a lack of understanding of um, how I've got to this place, how people get to this place. I think that they do because they just see the Instagram, the big gig, from practicing in their studio to the big gig. They think that that's there's nothing in between and and what I, I I want to do is like I say unveil that a bit and just go actually there's all this other stuff that goes on that you maybe are not seeing it's not very glamorous oh believe me it's not very glamorous but it's essential it's literally essential so um I hope I hope this kind of has given you a little bit of insight into what you need to do if you want to be getting there like I say play with everyone play everywhere, play to no one, and enjoy it. That's the thing, enjoy the process. Uh, it shouldn't be about, the big gig can be a goal, it shouldn't be the goal. It should be like a marker maybe, or, you know, cause like I say, I enjoy the tiny pub gigs with people that you've probably never heard of just as much as the big festivals in front of however many people, so. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that episode and it has helped you in wherever you are on your journey because at the end of the day we're all on our own journeys and you've just got to really appreciate I think and enjoy where you're at because at some point you'll probably look back at right now and go god that was actually really good and I wish I'd have noticed and taken advantage of where I am right now I know that I'm trying to be more mindful of that so uh, yeah we're both in the same boat in that situation right there as always if you have any questions that you'd like to ask me personally uh, any episodes you'd like me to do any subjects you'd like me to cover then get in touch just drop me an email at info at a drummer's guide 2.com and as I said at the top of this episode if you want that resource uh, if you want the successful musician mindset toolbox uh, then sign up at uh, a drummer's guide2.com forward slash toolbox and I can let you know more about that as it comes to fruition but as I said I'm so excited that I'm able to get this together for you guys I've been trying to carve out time to really 
get it going and and make it as amazing as possible and I honestly I just can't tell you how excited I am about it but anyway uh you will be hearing more about that at some point but anyway I hope you're having a lovely day wherever you are and I will see you next week for another subject I'm going to be talking about my top three ways that I learn I I sort of sat down and thought let me distill this into the top three ways that I learn things quickly effectively and I made an episode about it so I hope you enjoy that and I will see you then okay speak soon bye (laughs) 